All right, welcome back to another episode of the Vendo Park Podcast here. Super, super excited. Uh, this is a special one because actually I'm going to reformat this and call this the TDV Podcast is what we're going to do today. Exactly. Um, fired up to have a great conversation about all things Walmart and Walmart Omni specifically. And to do that, I've got two rock stars on the conversation. The first one is one of our very own here. Miss Shelby Smith, who is our senior Walmart.com growth strategist. Shelby, how you doing? Hello. Happy to be here. Happy to be back. Awesome. And then we've got a first timer to the podcast and one of my favorite people, Jen Carnes. Jen, how are you? You are the director of sales at Team Direct, uh, specifically in the grocery and food space of our business. How's it going? It's great. I'm very excited to talk about what's going on and how busy we are. Amazing. Awesome. So the reason I brought these two lovely, talented ladies on today is so that we can talk about how one plus one equals three in an ever-changing Walmart Omni world. Uh, and I think the best place to start is the background, right? And discuss why it's important, where it came from, how it's evolved over the last several years, the shift from .com only to Omni. Um, so I think, Jen, if you want to take it away first, maybe seeing how you've seen the shift like dealing with merchants and on that side. And then Shelby, if you want to pick it up from there, it'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. So I started calling on Walmart in about 2006, Walmart and Sam's. And there was no discussions on anything Omni, obviously. And so calling on them, it was always just brick and mortar. You just talk about how to get it on the shelf and how to keep it moving. And it was about 2019, 2020, when the discussion started to change and merchants started asking me, hey, what's your ability if we wanted something to ship? Could you ship direct to the customer for us? Can you ship it to us and let us ship it? Like they were given some options and trying to feel around about what the suppliers had the opportunities to do and what challenges they might have if they couldn't. Now you walk into a meeting and you better have a plan that covers every single base. Like a merchant is not looking at what can you put on my shelf? They're saying, how do you get a customer to buy my product either online or in store? And let's just set up the landscape to make it easy for them. Yep. And then Shelly, if you want to piggyback on that, I know we saw the changes going from San Bruno being .com only to mm -hmm. now we have the shift to everything being in beautiful Northwest Arkansas in terms of on the ground from an Omni standpoint? Yeah, it's definitely different from me. I'm obviously newer in the ecosystem, but even in my short career, um, I've lived in Walmart since day one. Um, lots of things have changed. So they went from having the walmart.com site um, that had the general merchandise versus the grocery pickup and delivery to now those are merged together. And then we recently just had a full refresh of walmart.com bringing a more personalized um, tile view to the homepage and the shopping experience. So the omnichannel landscape is changing every day, um, but it's been super interesting to see how each category is adapting differently. Um, so with food and deli and some of the more fresh items that don't necessarily ship to the customer as easy as general merchandise may. Um, it's been very interesting to see how important the digital shelf is in that space as well. Yeah, and I think Walmart Plus, the evolution of that has definitely helped. Uh, certainly, Jen, I know in your space on the grocery side, order online, pick up in store. Uh, I'm sure you've seen a lot of changes there talking to merchants and suppliers as well. 
Oh, absolutely. They are very interested to see, you know, what percent of your sales are being online pickup, who's shipping from store, who's having it shipped to the consumer. Like they just want to see everything and they expect a certain percentage. It's different by category, but I have some um, merchants that want 10% of their sales through OPD. Yeah. I, I don't even remember, or they still have in some of the stores, they used to have the big orange kiosk that they were yeah. for a while, right? For pickup. <laughs> Almost like spit it out like a robot in terms of here's mm -hmm. your, your pickup. Now it's pull up, come to your trunk, put it in the trunk. I think Walmart actually led the way on that before Target and other retailers started picking that up as well. Yeah, they actually had a test location here in Northwest Arkansas. And all it was was a building that was almost like bank teller lane. Mm -hmm. um, it was very small, was not in a convenient location, but it's what it was. And it was just kind of a testing ground saying, okay, we're going to carry these items in this location. And if what you want to order is here, you can drive through and pick it up. And that was kind of the testing grounds, at least to my knowledge on how that got started. Well, and I think that's one of the benefits of us having feet on the ground in Northwest Arkansas is as Walmart starts to roll things out and test, one of my favorite places to go is store 4108 in Elm Springs, store of the future. Um, and it was even viral on TikTok at one point, just seeing what Walmart is testing to bring the omni-channel uh, feel to the customer and more digital in the store and bringing the store experience to life online. Um, it's been super fun to watch. Yeah, I'll give it a shameless plug. Go ahead, Jen. Sorry. Well, I was going to say I'm also blessed. Um, I'm in Fayetteville, Arkansas and live close enough to the Walmart on Martin Luther King Boulevard that we have drone deliveries. You know, they're not going to bring me a gallon of milk, but they could bring me, you know, some bread and cheese you know it, it varies by weight but it is something they're testing here that's pretty cool have you done have you ordered anything via drone delivery i'm just outside of the grounds where it can come shelby i don't know if it can hit your house or not it can hit my house unfortunately springtime in northwest arkansas and wind has <laughs> recently kept me from actually completing a purchase but i've gone through the customer journey and added to my cart um but unfortunately every time i try it's windy <laughs> all right maybe that maybe the next episode is just uh, us testing it outside yeah. Showing everyone oh, show delivery. That would be awesome. We see it on the news all the time. Like, oh, they're delivering this or that. So that's that's really interesting. And I was just mm -hmm. about to say, shameless plug for anyone listening out there. If you haven't been to Northwest Arkansas, you have to go. It's an amazing town. Uh, I've been very fortunate to go out there for the last decade. And so, yes, definitely if you've got a chance. Let's switch topics, gears here a little bit. Let's talk first about the role, Shelby, you play in the omni-channel scenario from the mm -hmm. e-com standpoint. And they don't even call it ecom or uh, .com. Like they're really, Walmart is leaning heavily into the vernacular of omni-channel. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's specifically to call out the role that the e-commerce account manager plays. Can you speak to that? Yeah, and I think that was an important call out. You know, there is a lot of work to be done to support an omni-channel business. And so I may technically be the e-commerce account manager and Jen is the brick and mortar account manager. But at the end of the day, we have to work together just as tightly. So there is that seamless experience for the customer. But on my end, um, you know, a lot of our our role is developing and implementing strategies for brands to help grow across the category, whether that be extended shelf online or different flavors. We always have those conversations and help the brands grow there. Um, we also have to make sure that all items in store and online meet Walmart's content requirements, ratings and reviews. 
um, and making sure that, you know, sponsored ads are running or if it's, you know, the right time to run ads. We do a lot of strategic recommendation of when the best time uh, is to implement some strategies there. So we work all the way from supply chain to your images on site to if your item's launching in store, working with Jen on, you know, how we can make sure there's a big splash online and in store together. I don't know, Darren, did I miss anything? I feel like there, there's a lot I could say that we do. I was gonna say, that could be a, a separate hour long podcast yeah. itself, but yes, I think you got the gist of it. And then I think conversely, Jen, if you wanna speak to the role that uh, you play within that, which is a critical one, managing supply relationships, merchant relationships, et cetera, would be awesome. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's a laundry list as well. A lot of times the supplier starts on our desk um, they are very focused on wanting to be in brick and mortar. That's just kind of how it's been. I don't know that it'll always be like that. I don't think it will, but that's their primary focus. And so one of the first meetings I have with them to kind of talk about their, not just their strategy with Walmart, but their overarching strategy, because mm -hmm. what they're doing at Target, what they're doing on Amazon matters to what they're going to plan to do at Walmart. It can impact those businesses. It can change what you need to do at Walmart. So you really need to talk the whole big picture of the company. And it's not just Walmart focused. And I don't know that every customer team does that, but it's very important on our desk anyways, because of the expectations that the merchants have. So you kind of start just kind of, okay, what's going on? What are you doing out there? And then you kind of, um, I bring Shelby in or whoever my Omni person is. And I just make sure that they understand I'm your brick and mortar person. This is everything digital for you. We are a team, but you can't have me without her or her without me. We're going to focus on this together. It has to be joint because that's the expectation of the merchant. So we deal with the suppliers as far as getting them set up in retail link, getting them to kind of understand what I do versus what Shelby does, keep them happy and do all the dirty work um, and paperwork that needs done. But even every little task as far as setting up an item, it's not something that I can just do on my own. Like, just setting up a new item means I have to get stuff from the supplier. Shelby has to get stuff from the supplier. We have to put it together and get it to upload and then fix the errors and <laughs> get it going. But it's it's definitely working hand in hand. Um, as far as the merchants go, we pretty much own those relationships. Um, not because we don't want our counterparts to do it, but because a lot of our merchants are dealing with hundreds of suppliers and right. they it's hard and difficult for them to have multiple people reaching out to them from mm -hmm. each customer team. You know, I have an analyst, I have a replenishment manager, I have um, a vendor counterpart, there's myself, there's people above me that might want to be talking to my merchant. So there's all these people. And so everything kind of funnels through me for the most part. Um, I do have cer certain merchants that are very interested in getting very progressive with .com. So for example, I have some that are wanting to do virtual bundles. I have some that are getting, a lot of my suppliers that are hot right now are getting extra media for free and ads and everything. So in that aspect, I, I lean on Vendo to take the lead mm -hmm. on that. And I want included because I need to know what's going on and how it's going to affect my sales and make sure I have product available for in-store and for pickup. But it's it's really just a joint effort. And I think I'm going to pick up on what you just said, Jen. Um, so the way that my business on the digital shelf impacts Jen, the store business impacts the digital shelf in the same way. So um, a lot of our business together is grocery. 
Um, and so it's a little different than general merchandise where e-com might be a larger part of the overall business than it is with grocery. Um, but if we have an item in very large distribution, all stores, uh, my OPD percentages are most likely going to be higher um, and we're going to have better placement on site because of the historic velocity, the availability to get to the customer faster. So those are all things I take into consideration whenever we're building out strategic plans with the site merch, with the advertising team, um, and then in hand, if there are in-stock and inventory issues at the store level, it then can generate nil picks which means not in location um another acronym for you guys but uh whenever a customer places an order on their app and the walmart associate is unable to find the item or it was out of stock just due to some inventory discrepancies that then can hurt our digital presence as well and so i think you know hand in hand both sides of the business are impacted by each other um and it's super important to really just view your entire business at Walmart as one rather than siloing them out in different channels. Yeah, absolutely. And I should have clarified at the beginning here, you know, Team Direct is our sister company. We're all common ownership related under the platform banner. Uh, and the reason we've designed it this way as hopefully it was evident to our audience in the last 60 seconds of content there is you want dedicated expertise focused on these areas to serve Walmart and the Walmart customer correctly. It is mm -hmm. critical to Walmart. It's very important to us uh, to help them facilitate all of these different moving pieces in a mm -hmm. coordinated fashion. But I think the digital expertise, the brick and mortar expertise combined needs to come from uh, separate channels in mm -hmm. order to provide a focused approach. So great stuff there for both of you in terms of that. Just thinking a little more granularly when we talk about collaborating to serve the omni-channel demands of Walmart, right? And what that really means. Um, maybe Jen, giving our audience who doesn't really hear a lot about store um, merchandising or presence or sell-through or what it takes to get on the shelf at Walmart, as an example, could you give us any of your opinions or, you know, what are best practices suppliers thinking about going to do business with Walmart? What should they be prepping or thinking about or be prepared as challenges, hurdles, roadblocks, obstacles, anything you want to give advice or guidance as to a supplier ready to tackle store side of Walmart. Yeah, okay, so if I had a new supplier coming in today to talk to me and they've already sold me on their brands, you know, I, I think the brand's great. I think it's got some presence. I think it's going down the right track. Um, I think first and foremost, and what most of my merchants are asking for right now is are they selling on marketplace or is it listed on .com in any form or fashion? Like they kind of want to know what that's doing. And so most of my merchants are kind of wanting, if it's not an established brand and it's kind of new, which is mainly what I work with are newer brands, um, they really want to launch it on .com. That's pretty much the direction that it's going. And so we have to have that conversation. And a lot of times that's disappointing to the suppliers because they are so focused on being on store. And you just have to explain to them that, Number one, you're going to get sales out of this. And mm -hmm. number two, this is the stepping stone to get there. And if you don't want to take it, I'm sorry. You're going to have to do it at some point. Let's just start it now. So sometimes you have to give them some hard facts. Um, you I don't know, want to I cut you off, Jen, but on that, I think you said, you said the word disappointing. It's an opportunity uh, also because there's so much learning that you can go ahead and get out of the way from the demand, what customers are shopping for, price sensitivity, 
flavors, pack sizes, even just operating the Walmart system or practicing playing around with cost and margin and just seeing what works for your business. And so uh, it is definitely disappointing news in a way because everyone wants to be on the Walmart shelf. But I think we have started to teach people that there's an opportunity there to prepare yourself better than if you went directly to the shelf. Yeah, I, I think you both hit on some amazing points here for a lot of our audience in terms of one, uh, you should be thinking about Walmart Marketplace to start out with as an introductory into the Walmart ecosystem. To your point, Shelby, it's an opportunity to get set up correctly and also show Walmart you're taking their business seriously by investing in their platform. You don't have to do millions of dollars on Marketplace to even be on the radar for some merchants. We have a lot of case studies and clients we've worked with where they're selling tens, hundreds, if not thousands of dollars a month on Marketplace but they're doing it the right way with reviews, content, et cetera, that affords them the right to talk to people like Jen and the store side to then have a conversation with the merchant because then Jen can take you in and say, great, hey, Mr. or Mrs. Merchant, look what this brand has been doing on site already to take mm -hmm. it seriously. And here's the strategy and the vision for, for what we want to do there. So I think you both made some great points about, hey, this is where Walmart's heading. They want to build the extended and infinite assortment online very similar mm -hmm. to compete with their uh, competitor to not be named on this podcast out in Seattle there. But I think it's an opportunity when you think about store, hey, online to offline is a big thing now as well. A hundred percent. That's one of the first questions that the merchants ask. And that's one of my first questions that I ask the supplier is what are you doing on .com? And outside of, I mean, you got to look at other digital things as well. It's like, hey, um, let's say you're a newer brand. Well, are you trending on TikTok? Are you selling on Amazon? How are your sales? Um, how often is your brand searched? You know, just know your category, buy some category data. I know it's expensive, but you need to come in as an expert of your category to prove that you deserve a spot in that space. And so I have a lot of suppliers that come. They're like, our product's great. We're selling a ton of product on Amazon. We love it. And I'm like, okay, well, why is that a good fit for Walmart? What value are you going to give them? What makes it exciting to the Walmart customer? You really have to look at an overall strategy to prove that you deserve this space. It's a very competitive space. Every category that I'm in, like the merchants tell me, they're like, my real estate's very pricey. You know, mm -hmm. you need to be doing at least X, Y, Z. So I need to go in and show them this brand can hang with the big guys that are already there, getting the velocities that are required to keep that real estate. And maybe they're going to bring some new customers. Maybe it's a, something that millennials love. Maybe they're going to bring some new customers to a category like tea that maybe isn't as exciting as, you know, a category like chips. You know, maybe it doesn't have all the new and innovation that another category has. So there's excitement around it. So it's really looking at the whole thing to even start the conversation with the merchant. And when yeah. you do, it's, it's a battle. For sure. Sorry, Shelby, you look like you were going to say something there. Yeah, Jen just made me perk up. Um, one, one piece we haven't talked about is we also serve the customer, and we all know that that is most important to Walmart. And I think if you've never been in the Walmart ecosystem and even serving the customer online versus the actual in-store shopper, it's kind of a shock. And so we always have conversations too of what value are you going to bring not only to the merchant, but technically to the customer and why should they want to go to Walmart to buy 
your item. Um, and so we usually have to work through a lot of that and help advise in the category. Um, and on the syndicated data piece, like that's extremely helpful. Um, for e-com though, one thing I would recommend is search your category on site, look at your price per unit, your price per ounce, the flavor offerings, if people are running ads or not, and see what's working and with what your competitors are doing and be prepared to compete with them or do something better. Yeah, and, and for those out in the audience that aren't aware, Walmart's come out with their new platform, Luminate, which they're evolving and iterating uh, as we speak. It is something that's got a tremendous amount of data and potential that I know our suppliers and we're all excited to get our hands on and dive into that'll give us further insights from an omni-channel standpoint. In fact, Luminate is a great example of Walmart leaning into the omni-channel side of things because that platform and data, as we've seen demos of it, is designed specifically to bridge the gap between store and online in a major way. So yes, if you're not taking advantage of lots of other third-party tools and data sources out there, not just your retail link data, then you're missing out. You're missing mm -hmm. out on strategy opportunities. What do we think the future of omni-channel strategy is for Walmart? Um, any thoughts from either of you, Jen, Shelby, please. I'll let Shelby go more in depth because I'm sure she has about 72 things that she could add to that list. I would I say 75,000 things probably. <laughs> Shelby's my but yes, please go ahead. I would just say from my perspective with my newly learned knowledge of .com over the past few years, um, I will say that it is going to become mandatory that you access all the data that is available to you to even have a discussion. I think that it will go that direction. Great. And Shelby? So I <laughs> narrowing down my 75,000 thoughts here, um, yeah. I will give you what is happening and then what I would like to see happen. So um, I think in the nearest future, what's really going to change the game for Walmart is leveraging their footprint with brick and mortar um, to serve as fulfillment centers for online orders. Um, I think getting that two-day delivery, super fast shipping, and more availability faster to the customer is going to change the game for e-com. Um, they're already doing that now, but once it's fully rolled out, we know the impact of two-day versus three-day sh shipping. And like you said, Darren, to really compete with the friend that won't be named, um, I think that that's going to be a game changer. I would love to see more uh, augmented reality brought to life. So if I'm shopping for, I don't know, a toy, let's say, um, and I want to see one of the tricks that it can do. Videos are great. Videos are cool. Love having those, but would love to be able to open my camera and, you know, see the toy do its thing, really incentivize the purchase and also be able to in store wonder what can that item do outside of the box or how big is it or is it going to match what I'm looking for? Um, and so I get really excited about the technology advancements to come and really bridging the gap and bringing the shelf to life in store and online. Yeah, one of my uh, with having three kids, I can tell you one of my favorite retailers to go into is a Lego store. And so to hit on your point, I don't know if you're aware of this, but if you put your camera on the box of a Lego package when you're in mm -hmm. store, it actually brings that uh, package to life. So that's a great call out where I think a lot of retailers can innovate more mm -hmm. to leverage that technology. I think AI is going to be yep. a big piece. I know it's the big buzz and topic with ChatGPT, et cetera. Uh, shout out to them for contributing to this podcast. But I, I think a lot of AI improvements and tools and efficiencies, Walmart announced today they're leveraging AI for 
supplier negotiations, things like that, are going to come to fruition a lot faster uh, mm -hmm. with the advent of all these technologies. And then we talked earlier about drone deliveries, FCs. I've been shouting for years. Walmart has close to 4,500 FCs. Why don't they use them? 90% yep. uh, of this country lives within five miles of a Walmart. Um, there's an incredible amount of reach and traffic that Walmart has, and the power is real. And I think a lot of our audience probably doesn't look at Walmart the same way they used to in the sense that they've elevated their, their, their size and positioning in the marketplace from a demographic standpoint, the average Walmart consumer, now household income over $100,000, college educated, all of those metrics that used to be very different from that shopper profile. So I think from an omni-channel standpoint, uh, Walmart's definitely stepped up their game tremendously, and we're super excited to be a part of that and along for the journey. I'd like to wrap this up, and so I'm going to give you, Jen, first the opportunity. Any tips, hints, tricks, hacks, strategies, uh, parting wisdom that you'd like to share with the audience? You know, I just I just want to reiterate kind of what the whole point of this conversation was. You know, 40% of Americans shop at Walmart.com weekly. Like, there's a lot of traffic. That's where you're going to be seen. And so I just encourage anyone that's trying to get into Walmart in any form or fashion, just make sure you're taking a whole Omni approach, not Omni in the words of just anything.com, but Omni inclusive of brick and mortar. You need to look at all aspects before you start having your conversations with your merchant to make sure that you're going to be on the same page. Good stuff. Shelby, any parting words of wisdom? I think you nailed it. Um, Darren mentioned earlier in the podcast how you know, we're pitching to you or I would say preaching uh, that Omni is so important, but we are two different people sitting here talking to you. I think to, the takeaway of this is that your e-com business is so important. And even if you don't have huge ship to home sales, your presence on walmart.com is meaningful and taking it seriously enough to have experts in brick and mortar and online will help make the difference in your success at Walmart. Agreed. Absolutely. Jen, if people want to get a hold of you, how can they reach out? What's your email? Uh, my email is jen at teamdirectmgmt.com. Awesome. Or just, Shelby. You know, come to Bittenville, y'all, real loud. <laughs> oh, I like that better. Sorry. The, it, <laughs> open invite to Bittenville. Come, come to our Team Direct office, which is amazing. Yes. Place exactly. to be, sure. yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, yeah. Shelby at com. That's how you can reach me. Fantastic. Well, thank you guys both. This has been awesome. Very enlightening. I'm sure for our entire audience that isn't well aware of a lot of these things. Uh, I'd like to remind everybody that if you need help with all things Walmart.com uh, and other .com channels, please reach, reach out to us at Vendo. Uh, and then if you're interested in getting into stores or having those conversations, Please reach out to Jen and our amazing Team Direct team for that. And with that, I'll close it out as always to remind everybody to amplify your brand, sell more, protect it, and let's go. Great job, guys. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Bye.